Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Today, I want to talk to you about prayer. I want to talk to you about the importance of prayer in Luke chapter 11 in verse 1. It says this, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus was in a certain place and he was praying. And the Bible says that disciples come to him, they're, they're walking with him, they're in relationship with him, they know him and they say, Lord, I want you to teach us how to pray. Many of you know, as Jesus goes on, he teaches them the Lord's Prayer right after this. Many of you know that. And so here's what we see. We see in the scripture uh, men who knew God, who walked with God, but still needed to learn how to pray. You ever been praying? You're like, oh man, you know, I'm fired up. It's the new year. I'm excited. I'm going to be getting my relationship right with God. I'm going to spend time with him. You spend your time reading the Bible and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start praying. I'm going to pray to God. You start praying. And like three minutes later, you run out of stuff to pray about. And then you're like praying for world peace. You know what I'm saying? You haven't even thought about world peace, but you're praying for world peace because you don't know what else to say. Come on, somebody. And so here's what it is. This is everybody. This is all of us. We have to learn the, the, the ability to be able to pray. Now, let me say this. People will ask me often, like, well, how do I pray? I don't know how to pray. And I always tell people, they're like, well, how do I talk to God? God is not a God that is expecting us to be someone we're not. Meaning this, God wants us to come as we are. He doesn't want us to come and as the new King James Version is and thou est God, the most highest of all highs. You don't talk like that with your friends. You don't call your friends on the phone and be like, how art thou, friend? That's not who you are. That's not what God is looking for. God is not looking for words. He's looking for your heart. And so we come as we are, just as you would treat a friend or talk to a friend or treat a father and talk to a father. This is how we talk to God. Now, that being said, there are different methods throughout the scripture that help us learn how to pray. It, see, it's important that we would learn not just saying words to him, but really methods on how to pray that can help us really continue to build our prayer life with him. And I want to talk to you about that today. The Lord's Prayer is one of those methods. We talked about that last year. You can go back online. You can check that out. I'm not going to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. Today, I want to talk to you about the method of the tabernacle prayer, the tabernacle prayer. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was really the, the temple, if you will. It was a portable church back in the day, long before portable church ever existed. The tabernacle was portable church. It was made of tents and curtains. And what happened was there were all these different articles or or different things, not articles, different things in in the tabernacle that they would walk through and do in order to get to the place of where they would get into the Holy of Holies. Now, that being said, from this we see the different things in the, in the tabernacle. We see a method on how we can pray to keep us in our walk with God and in our prayer life to where we're not just saying things for three minutes and then it's over. And I wanna talk to you about that today. That being said, the tabernacle had three parts. I wanna show you the first picture. I got a little picture up here, that first picture that if you wanna pull that up. The tabernacle had three areas, okay? I got charts today, come on somebody. 
The tabernacle was like this. That was all curtains. That was not walls. That was just made out of curtains. There was walls. And then, and the, pur- the dark purple right here in the bottom section, that was where the gates were. There was one entrance. It was made of curtains. They would walk in and you see these different things in the script, in, in the things. There was the outer court, which was the area. I wish I had a, I wish I had a pointer. You know what I'm saying? Then I really feel like a teacher. Come on, somebody. Anyways, the, all this outer area was considered the outer courts, okay? Then, if you see, obviously it's cut in half. That's not what it looked like. It was fully a, t- a full tent, but they, they cut it out in this chart to show you the inside of it. The inner area right there in that section from purple curtain to purple curtain was called the inner courts. So there was the outer courts, there was the inner courts, and then if you see that last purple curtain, the Ark of the Covenant is that, and that was considered the Holy of Holies. So there's the outer courts, there was the inner courts, and then there was the Holy of Holies, or another, trans- or another word for the Holy of Holies was the most holy place. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was. In the Old Testament, this is where God's presence resided, okay? This is where God's presence was. Only the high priest, once a year, could go into the Holy of Holies. Only once a year could one person person go into the presence of God. Okay. I'm going to talk all about that in a minute. But that being said, from this, I see there, there's a great uh, method on how we can pray. I want to talk to you about that very quickly. First, the outer courts, the outer courts. I want to show it to you. Exodus chapter 27 and verse nine. It says, they make, then make the courtyard for the tabernacle enclosed with curtains made of fine, finely woven linen, linen, excuse me. Make the whole wall, if you want to go back to that chart, the whole wall, make it all filled, make it the whole wall filled with fine linen. And then those first, those two doors of that entrance, I want you to make a gate. This gate was made of this thicker type curtain. And this is where people would enter into the outer courts. Now, that being said, in Psalms 100 chapter four, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it says, let's enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The best way to start your prayer time is by entering into his presence by gratefulness and thankfulness. Start your morning, start your prayer time. You want to start to learn how to pray better. This is a great method to do. I'm telling you, I even use this sometimes. I use the Lord's Prayer in this. Take the time and say, okay, I'm going to start. Okay, God, how do I start? I want to be thankful. Maybe find three things. And I'm not talking about Thanksgiving thankful. Y'all know I'm talking about like you're sitting around a table and the family's around, so you got to say, because the family's there, I'm thankful for family. Come on, somebody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Crazy uncle is over there and you're like, I'm, cr- I'm thankful for crazy uncle, but you're only saying that because crazy uncle's sitting over there staring at you like, you better be thankful for me because I'm crazy. That's not the kind of thankfulness and gratefulness I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking a moment and maybe finding one or two, three things for today that I'm thankful for. What am I grateful for today? Something as simple as, I'll just tell you personally, things like, it's just, God just kind of hits me sometimes with things and I just have these moments of gratefulness. Like, I'm just so grateful. For, like, I'll be sitting in my house or I'll, I'm, and I'll just thank the Lord. Lord, thank you so much that you've given me a house to live in. You've given me a roof to live in. Like, as, as, as simplistic as that is for all of us, we all probably have homes, but yet as simplistic as that is, there are people that do not have homes. And God has blessed me with a home. So God, I'm grateful for this home. God, I'm thankful for this vehicle. I'm thank, I, I thank the Lord for this building. This building's crowded. You're probably not very thankful right now. But here's what it is. To me, two years ago, many of you may know this, some of you may not, we were a portable church and we were meeting in a high school. I was getting up at 4 a.m. On a, on a Sunday morning to go move trailers to unload a bunch of equipment so we could set everything up so that we could have church and then tear it all back down and go home. 
I'm grateful for this building. I'm grateful for you. Three and a half years ago, you were a dream. You were a pipe dream and a prayer. You may not feel like you were, but to me you were. I was moving, and my wife, we were moving to a city where we knew no one, and we knew God had called us, and so we got, God, if you're going to call us, then God, you're going to bring the people. So I'm grateful God brought you. And so it's taking moments. I love it because gratefulness does this. It takes our attitude and our position off of what we need and grateful for the things that we have. It takes it off of God, why aren't you? And God, I'm so glad you did. And so this is a great way to start your prayer time. If you want to be a person that begins to pray more, it's a great time. Say, okay, God, today, Lord, I'm grateful for dot, 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 dot. And I would, I, would, I would encourage you, I'd do this. I would encourage you, maybe find three things, very practical. Find three things that you're grateful for that day. And then throughout the day, you continue to live grateful for that. And I would change them. Don't make it the same three every day because then it gets repetitive. And the next thing you know, you're just saying words and you're not thinking about it. But change them up. Look, next day, what are three things I'm thankful for? And then throughout the day, you can continue to be grateful for things. Write those things down. Do what you got to do. Why? Because we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. We're honoring him with our thankfulness. We're saying, God, we know that you've blessed us, whatever it is we're grateful for. And God, we know this is not because of us. It's because of you. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. The outer courts, it was this, this entering into this gate. And I love that because it's an opportunity for us to really turn our attention off of ourselves and our need and put it on the one who is the provider of all things, Jehovah Jireh, that we just sang about a moment ago. The outer courts. Leviticus chapter 12. Yes, we're in Leviticus. Come on, somebody. Leviticus chapter 12 and verse 6, it says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offerings on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Okay, the next thing was the brazen altar. It was the brazen altar. You're like, the what? The brazen altar. I want to show you a picture. Oh, there it is. There's the picture of the brazen altar. Okay, so here's what this was. This was in, what they did. They had the outer courts. They had the gate, they entered into the gate and immediately and the first item was the brazen altar. This item was meant for them to come and they would, they would give sacrifices for the repentance of their sins. So they would give sacrifices and they would, they would sacrifice animals in the Old Testament. We all know this. And this would be a, a, a symbol of them repenting and asking for forgiveness to God to forgive them. God would accept the offering and they would be forgiven. Now, this is awesome because now we know that this is what it used to be, the old law. But now the new covenant is that Jesus came and he was the ultimate, the last sacrifice for us so that now we could receive forgiveness for our sins. So it's a great way to start your prayer time. I start my life my prayer time with I'm being grateful then from being grateful I immediately go into honoring Jesus in the cross the sacrifice that he made for me and the cross and asking for forgiveness maybe there's something in our lives or struggle that we've been walking through it's a great way to start Lord you know what forgive me for being prideful here yesterday Lord, forgive me for saying these things that I said. Forgive me for those thoughts. I'm entering into his presence with thanksgiving, but then I get immediately to the cross and I say, Jesus, I'm so grateful for your cross and what you've done. And so now I'm gonna take a moment. I'm gonna ask God for you to forgive me. I'm gonna ask you to cleanse me. Psalms chapter 100 and verse three, 103 verse two, excuse me. It says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Check this out. 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and the crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed. The cross provides major benefits. He says, let's not forget the benefits. This is a great time in our prayer time to honor God and remember what he did for us. You know, once a month as a church, we come together and we gather and we have communion. We take a moment to remember what he's done for us. Well, I would hate to be a person that only remembers what Jesus did for us once a month. But every day, God, I wanna be grateful for what you did for us. Why? Because the cross and the resurrection is the centerpiece, the foundation of our belief. It's the foundation of why we are in relationship with him, why we can be in relationship with him. So I don't wanna ever take for granted what Jesus did for me, but no, let me take a moment. Let me thank Jesus for, for coming and choosing to die for me. Let me ask for forgiveness. Let me remember the benefits of what Jesus did for me. It's a great way to start your prayer time. Here's some things he says. He says, who forgives all your sins. For the cross brings forgiveness. It says he heals all your diseases. The cross will bring healing to, to, our, to our bodies, mentally, physically, spiritually. It says, who redeems your life. The cross brings redemption. See, I don't want just forgiveness. I'm looking for redemption. See, redemption and forgiveness, forgiveness is I'm forgiven. Redemption is now I can be restored back into relationship with the Father. He doesn't just forgive me, he loves me. He doesn't just forgive me, he accepts me and welcomes me. And so now I can understand and receive this as I go through my prayer time and thanking Jesus for these things. And then, then he says, who redeems, and he says, and then he says, and crowns you with love and compassion. See, here's what the cross does. It also brings transformation. He says, crowns you with love and compassion. That means you were not crowned with compassion and love, and then he crowns you. This is transformation. See, Jesus, when we get into the presence of God and we begin to speak to him and we begin to ask for forgiveness, here's what God does. He begins to change us from the inside out. And it's not behavioral modification. It's transformation. It's not I'm just behaving because I want God to love me. No, it's I love him so much that he begins to change me from the inside out. Does that make sense? It's a great opportunity as we get into our prayer time. So we thank him, we're thankful, and then we go straight to the cross and Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I, this is what I need. I need, I need healing in my body or I need what, dot, 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 why? And Jesus, I know your, your cro the cross is what brings me that, that redemption in my life. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 18, it says, make a bronze wash bin with, your, with a bronze stand. Place it between the tabernacle and the altar and fill it with water. Okay, so there was the outer courts. This is all, in the, this is all considered in the outer courts. There was the, there was the, there was the, the, the gate, then there was, the, then there was the, the, the brazen altar, and then there was the laver, okay? The laver. I want to show you a picture of the laver, okay? That's where the picture of the laver was, okay? It was this wash bin that was filled with water. It was fully bronze. And in fact, if you look at, look at it in the scripture, in the biblical text, the, the bronze was so clear that it was actually the bronze that they would use back in the day for mirrors, okay? I know my New Orleans accent doesn't say that word correctly, but mirror, you know, however, mirrors, however y'all say it. The mirror, the mi mi it doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> and they would use that, to, a, a, this, this type of bronze, it was so clear that you would be able to see your reflection. Well, this is what this was. It was made out of this. And so they would, they would make their sacrifices. Then they would come in, they would, this is in the outer courts, then they would begin to wash their hands. 
in this, bra- in, this, in this laver. And as they washed their hands, they would see their reflection as they washed their hands. This is a great picture as we're talking about prayer methods. We, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We start with thanksgiving. Then we go to the cross and we're thankful for the cross and thankful for redemption. And we ask for forgiveness for things and things we're walking in. And then we take a moment and we just surrender ourselves to him. See, it, you, can, you can be a son and a daughter and still have some dirt on you. See, it's not salvation. This is, we, don't, we, don't, we're not, we, don't, we don't we don't save ourselves. The cross and the redemption of Christ is what saves us. But then after we receive salvation, then there's where we say, okay, there's this sanctification process. And I'm no, I know I'm using a lot of churchy words, but there's this process now where we say, okay, I wanna walk out. I wanna begin to change who I am, my thought processes and who, who the desires of my own life to, to reflect Christ in my life. And this is what it is, it's prayer time. So we say, okay, God, I'm surrendering this to you. I'm surrendering this thought process. I'm surrendering these, these, this, my will. I'm surrendering what I want. I'm surrendering my need for something. God, I'm surrendering, I'm cleansing myself. And I'm saying, God, make me clean like you. You know, when I, we, I, we'll sometimes go as, as some of the guys and we'll go play basketball. I love playing basketball. I'm not very good, but I like to play basketball. Praise God, I'm a little too short, but it's all good. And I, we'll play basketball, and, I, I'm, and I'm a sweater. I don't know if there's any sweaters in the room. I'm like, I'm like one of the sweaters, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the dude, like, I'm the sweater, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I sweat a lot, and I'll be playing basketball, and I'll, I'll roll the windows down on the way home, and I'm just dripping wet. And I'll get home, and, you know, you, you, you hear all these stories or see all these movies. Where, you know, when the, the, the man gets home, and he's all sweaty, and the, the wife's just going to be like, ooh. So you know what I'm saying? I'll get home. I'll be all sweat. I'm nasty. I'm sweaty. I'll take my shirt off, and I'm expecting Ashley to be like, ooh. Ashley is my wife. I'm expecting her to be, ooh. And I'll sit on the couch, and she'll come in. I'm like, oh, yeah. She's about to be, oh, yeah. She's about to love this. You know what I'm saying? I'm sweaty. I'm shirtless. Come on, somebody. I'm feeling good about myself. She'll come in. She'll see me, and she'll be like, ooh. Get off the couch. You're ruining the couch. Any gentleman in the room, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody help me out. Just me. Okay, you're lying. Praise God. She'll say, get off the couch. You're ruining it. Well, here's the thing. Just because I need to take a shower doesn't mean I'm not in relationship with her. I'm still in relationship with her, and she still loves me. She just knows I need to be cleaned. It's the same thing with God. When we look at ourselves in the reflection of the word and we see there's things that need to be changed or he speaks to our hearts and we get convicted of something, it's not that he doesn't love us. It's not that he doesn't want to be in relationship with us. We just need to take a shower. And so here's what it is. It's we, we get to the, and this is the opportunity in our prayer time to say, okay, God, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. I've been thinking these things. Why? Because if not, this is, what, this is what God says. I need you to get up and I need you to go take a shower. I need you to surrender these things to me. I need you to give these things up. I need you to let those things go. Why? Because if not, you're going to ruin your purpose. If not, you're going to ruin your joy. You're holding on to that thing, thinking that thing's good for you, but you're actually ruining your peace. You're ruining your joy. You're ruining your purpose. So get up, cleanse yourself off, surrender that to me, and then watch me work in your life. This is what God does as we get into our prayer time. This is why prayer is so powerful. It's not just us speaking words to him. No, it's as we come to him and we thank, we're thankful and as we, live, we look at the cross and ask for forgiveness and then we begin to surrender ourselves to him. He begins to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
This is what we do. It's a great opportunity, again, a great method to spend time with God in your prayer time. Okay, I'm gonna spend time being thankful. I'm gonna spend time just asking for forgiveness and thanking Jesus for the cross. And, and then I'm gonna spend some time surrendering those things to, to him that I know are not of him. Why? Because I desire to continue to, to be like him. Why? Because I know he has a greater purpose for me than I have for myself. That was the outer court. Then you'd go into the inner court. Let's go very quickly. Exodus chapter 25 and verse 31. It says, make a lampstand of pure hammered gold. Make the entire lampstand and its decorations of one piece, the base, center stem, lamb cup, cups, buds, and petals. Make it with six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Okay, so then you was this outer court. There were this, these gates, then there was this brazen altar, then there was the laver, and then after the laver, there was the candlestick or, or the lampstand. This is what it would look like somewhat. Obviously, we don't know exactly what it would look like, but it would look like something like this. And they would put candles on these things. And here's what happens. This was, this was an oil-based candle. So this was burning with oil. Okay, so the, the high priest would have to go, and this was in the inner court. This is where the, the, the first curtain was. And they would go in, and now they're in the inner court. And this is where the first thing you would see. And it, was, it would light up the tent. Okay, the tent was completely dark. It was no windows. It was made of curtains, thick curtains where there was no daylight. And so no daylight coming in. And so this would light up the the, the, uh, the inner courts. Not only that, it would burn with oil. So this is a great representation. All throughout the scripture, we see the oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. This is a great opportunity as we're talking about our prayer method. We, we, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We take a moment at the cross and thank him for it. Then, then we, we, we go and we begin to surrender ourselves to him, surrender the things to him that we, we know are not of him. Then we start to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Holy Spirit, welcome to my, come and be a part of my day. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into, my, into these meetings that I have today. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. These are things that we take time to do. It says in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse two, it says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. I love it. It says that the spirit of the Lord will rest on us. The spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Listen, the Bible says in James, we all know this. If you, if you need wisdom, ask. I don't know about you, but I need wisdom. The people that probably think they don't need wisdom are the ones that probably need wisdom the most. Come on, somebody. I need wisdom. I need wisdom to make decisions. I need wisdom on finances. I need wisdom in my family. I need wisdom on leading. I need wisdom. And so every day I take a moment and I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life and I ask, Holy Spirit, today, give me wisdom for today. Lead me and guide me for those that need direction in your life and you don't know about your future. It's a great time to begin to just seek the Holy Spirit. And I ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, what are, where are you leading me? Where are you taking me? Are you asking me to be patient? Are you asking me to, to take a step out? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? It's a great time to take a moment and listen. Prayer is a relationship. Relationships aren't very good if it's all one-sided. Oftentimes, our prayer lives are very one-sided. We spend time talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, and then we run out of things to say, and we say, oh, prayer time's over. Let's put some worship music on, and we'll just worship for a second. Okay, I feel good. I'm out. No, but the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to us, to lead us and guide us where it is that he's calling us to go. 
The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a helper. Jesus was ascending and he told the disciples, be patient, wait, I'm sending a helper. See, God the Father, he's on the throne. Jesus is, the Bible says, is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Both of them are heaven. And the Holy Spirit was sent here as a helper to you and I. He's God on earth today. And so we welcome the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I desire to have a helper on this earth. A helper to give me strength. A helper to give me wisdom, a helper to give me knowledge, a helper to, to protect me, a helper to, to do whatever it is that I need, to be a friend, to listen, to hear. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He is a God and he is God on earth that is here to walk with us, to help us in our relationship with him. And so take a moment in your prayer time to invite the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is a great scripture to look at as you're in your prayer time. Just Again, we're just talking about methods of prayer. Very practical today. Okay, we're looking at methods of prayer. I start with thanksgiving. As I'm grateful, then I, I, get, to the, I get to the cross and I, I spend time asking God to forgive me. Then I step into the, where the brazen altar, I mean, where, excuse me, where the labor was. And I say, God, I want to surrender things to you. Then after surrendering to, the, to you, I begin to seek the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me, to give me wisdom. I invite the Holy Spirit in. I take a moment to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to my heart. And then this is a great scripture to read. And I can ask the Holy Spirit, where am I lacking in these? Where's the fruit that's not, have I been using self-control? Have I, have I been gentle? For those of us in the room that you just say what you need to say, maybe we're saying it a little, a, a little aggressively. Maybe we need to be a little more gentle. How is it? What is it? What's lacking? Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then now the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Maybe he says, you know what? You need some more patience. Come on, somebody. Everybody in the room, everybody that calls himself an American, we need a little patience. We need a little more patience. Okay, God, today, then, now, I have a practical application as I walk out of my prayer time. It wasn't me just checking off a box. Now, today, God, as I walk throughout my day, lead me and give me patience, Holy Spirit. I'm giving myself practical application as we pray. It's so important. Again, this is a great method of prayer. I'm telling you, your prayer time will go from five minutes to 30 minutes very quickly if, you, if you'll just follow this method as you seek the Lord on your own. Exodus chapter 25 and verse 30. It says, place the bread of the presence on the table to remain before me at all times. Okay, let me tell you what's happening, okay? They enter the gates with thanksgiving and praise. Then, there, then there's a brazen altar and that represents the cross. Then there's the labor, which represents surrendering to him, cleansing ourselves of all unrighteous and letting God come and move on in, in our lives. Then we, we enter into the, 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 the inner courts and there's this candlestick, this lamp stand, and it represents inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives, asking him to lead us and guide us. And then there was this table Table of shoe, of shoe bread, it was called. Shoe bread, like your shoe. And this is what it looked like. It was a table like this, and it had 12 loaves of bread on it. Each loaf represented one of the tribes of Israel, okay? The loaves and the bread represent a great opportunity for us in our prayer time as, the, as taking time to read the word of God. All throughout the scripture, the Bible talks about the word being the bread. Jesus said it. I love that he was the bread of life. In Matthew chapter four and verse four, it says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's a great opportunity for us to take time in our scripture, in our prayer time to now open the scripture and say, okay, God, speak to me. What are you saying to me? I've, I've been thankful. I've, I've, I've asked for forgiveness. I've surrendered my life. I, I, I've invited the Holy Spirit. Now I'm gonna open the word. 
I'm going to begin to study the scripture. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm not just going to read. I'm going to say, God, give me new, fresh revelation. Give me, they had to change this bread out every single day. God, I want fresh word from you. I don't want a word from you from three days ago. God, what are you saying to me today? You'll be shocked if you would just take time to allow God to speak to you, how much God will pour into your heart and how he'll begin to speak to you and you'll hear him. Some people say, I don't know how to hear God. I always say, if you don't know how to hear God, read God. Why? Because God will speak to you through his word because this is who he is. It's his word. So it's an awesome opportunity to take a moment where we can say, okay, I've prayed some, now I'm gonna open the scripture, I'm gonna read, and I'm gonna allow God to speak to my heart. I'm gonna ask for new revelation. I'm gonna ask for fresh revelation. I'm gonna find his promises, and I'm gonna stand on those promises. I'm gonna speak those promises over my life, and because I know that the enemy's trying to attack me here, so I'm gonna find a promise that talks about that. I'm gonna stand against that, why? Because I know the word is a weapon against the, the enemy. It brings victory into my life. It's a great practical way to allow God to speak to you. Exodus chapter 30 and verse seven and eight, it says every morning when Aaron maintains the lamps, he must burn fragrant incense on the altar. Each evening when he lights the lamps, he must again burn incense in the Lord's presence. This must be done for generation to generation. Okay, so what's happening? There's this gate. They enter the gate in the outer courts with thanksgiving. And then what happens is they get this brazen altar. It's, it represents the cross. Then they get to this moment with the labor. It represents surrender as we surrender to God. Then they get into the courts and then there's this, there's this lampstand and it represents inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives. And then after the lampstand, they see this bread, which represents the word as we spend time in the word. This is just a method on how we can pray. I'm seeking the Lord. And then we, there's this bread. So we spend time reading the word. And then the scripture says there's this, this altar of incense. Show you a picture of the altar of incense. There's the altar of incense. They would burn incense all day on this. And this incense was a fragrance that was, it was right in front of the, of the curtain to the Holy of Holies. It was right in front of the curtain. This is a great picture of worship all throughout the scripture. The Bible talks about our worship being a fragrance and an incense to him. So it's a great opportunity for us. Some people in the room watching online, all we do, we're just, we just pray in our prayer times, just worship music. And we just worship the whole time. And we just sing some songs. That's great. That's a great part of prayer, but we're missing a huge portion of prayer if our prayer time is just worship. It should be a time where we take now, I've surrendered, I've asked for forgiveness, I've studied the scripture, I've invited the Holy Spirit, and now I'm gonna take a moment, I'm gonna put on one song or two songs, whatever you'd like to do with your, with your phones or wherever you play your music, and now I'm gonna begin to just worship God. And there's, no, there's nothing for it in, with, for me. I don't worship God for me. I'm worshiping God because I want to take a moment and I want my heart and my life to be a sweet fragrance to him. I want my life to represent honoring him and everything that I do. And so I want to take a moment in my prayer time to just spend time with him and worship. Again, I know this is very, very, very practical, but I'm telling you, these steps, it's a method that many pastors use, many pastors teach. It's a method that will easily help you take your prayer life from a three or five minute ordeal to, to an opportunity where you can really seek God and you can allow God to move in your life daily. Worship. I love to worship. I love to spend time with the worship. And again, it should be, I think worship should be a constant thing that we do throughout the day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, we all know this scripture. It says, pray continually. That's the whole scripture. That's it. It's Jesus wept is the shortest scripture in the Bible. Second, pray continually. 
This constant, I'm praying, I'm worshiping, I'm honoring. Well, you, you're like, oh, well, I'm at work and I can't just like start, start inviting the Holy Spirit. I can't start, I can't start like, you know, just saying I'm thankful for things. No, but you know what you can do? You can, while you're working, whatever that may be, you can begin to just hum a song or sing a song to the Lord. You can begin to worship. You can begin to invite the Holy Spirit, maybe even under your breath. You know, I do it too. When I'm in meetings, I'll, I'll ask the Holy Spirit under my breath. Even when I'm in meetings, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom in this. I'm praying continually. I'm worshiping continually all throughout the day. Why? Because I believe this. I believe consistency in, in, in small things are more important than a one-time big thing. We pray once a week is not as good as praying consistently small times throughout the day. So, does that make sense? Doesn't say it. He didn't say right here. He doesn't say pray all day, one day a week, and then you're good. No, pray continually. Take a moment to worship him. It's a very practical, I know it's very practical, but it's an opportunity for us to learn the method, I think, that will help us continue to learn how to pray. Now, as I close today in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 10, it says, have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high the ark of the covenant this is where the holy of holies was this is where god's presence resided and here's what the method is as i enter into his gates i'm spending a moment thanking him then i'm getting i'm stepping into and i'm saying god i want i desire for you to forgive me i i thankful i'm so thankful for the cross that you gave your life for me. You paid a debt that I could never pay. And so I'm taking a moment, I'm saying, God, thank you. But then not only just thank you, God, forgive me, restore me, heal me, transform me. Then I get into a moment where I begin to, we begin to surrender to him. And we say, God, it's not my will, but yours be done. Lord, let it be your will. Let it be your agenda. Let it be your heart. Let it not be what I want, but God, let it be what you want. Cleanse me. Then we get into a place after that. We go from there to the inner court and it's the Holy Spirit. And we say, God, I invite the Holy Spirit today into my life. Holy Spirit, I evaluate my life. And I say, Where are the, where's the fruit that I'm missing, that I'm lacking in? Then I take us to go into the word and I begin to study the word and I begin to read the word and allow God to speak to me. I ask God to speak to me. I take moments and I study the scripture and then I go from that to, I begin to take a moment, I put on a worship song. I just begin to worship him. I begin to honor him, put my attention on him and I sing to him or whatever that worship looks like for you. If it's not singing, it's just kind of just beating back and forth with your head. That's great. Whatever you want to do, sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise. Praise God, he was talking to me. It wasn't make a joyful sound. It was make a joyful noise. Come on, somebody. Because if I was the one up here singing, you wouldn't be coming. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> and then it's the Ark of the Covenant. This is where intercession happens. See, here's what would happen. Very, very, very practical. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And what he would do is he would intercede on behalf of all of the Israelites. He would pray for the Israelites. See, oftentimes we think the Holy of Holies is to get to a place where we get into the presence of God, where we just feel so incredible about God that we just have all these goosebumps. That's not what the purpose of the Holies of Holies was in the tabernacle. The purpose of the Holy of Holies was intercession that I've become so close with, oh my goodness, I'm gonna preach for a second. I, I've become so close with God that as I speak to him, I say, God, you know what? My friend needs healing. Would you heal my friend? 
God, you know what? My family member doesn't know you and they're far from me. And I'm talking to you like in relationship because I'm so close as I draw close to you. You draw close to me and now I'm into your inner courts and I'm in your presence. God, now I wanna ask, would you reach out to my family member that doesn't know you? Would you just tap on their heart a little bit? And would you just begin to sway what they think? Because God, I know you're bigger than what they're walking through. God, I know you're bigger than that sickness. I begin to intercede for those around me begin to speak to him and talk to him, interceding for those around me. This is an incredible opportunity. And I would tell you in, with this, this is where your lists come in. And I would tell you this very practically. When you, when you go to get into the, the, your, your prayer, prayer time, you should have a list of things that you're believing for. I'm believing for this family member. I'm believing for healing over here. I'm believing for this. And this is a great opportunity to add that list to begin to, to begin to literally look at the list and begin to name those people. Begin to look at it and pray it out. And here's what happens. Now, it's not just God, save my family. I'm being specific. God, would you save so-and-so in my family? See, we oftentimes will say things like, God, help me. God, help so-and-so. Well, think about this. If you had a friend, and your friend calls you. And your friend says, bro, help me. With what? What do you want me to help? What do you want help with? What happened to the music? <laughs> did, did it just go off? That kind of like threw me way off. I was like, what happened? Oh, look, squirrel. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Be specific. If your friend calls you and says, help me, the first thing you're gonna do is ask, with what? Do you need help financially? Do you need, do you need help with support emotionally? What do you need help with? See, oftentimes we come to God and we're not specific in our prayer needs. We just say, God, do this. When God is wanting us to be specific, go to God as you pray with your needs and say, God, I need you to touch this area. I need you to reach out to this. God, I need you to heal so-and-so. God, I'm asking, would you do this? I'm being specific in my prayer requests. I'm not just, just blurting out, God, help me. God, save the world. God, save the world is great, but God, I'm asking you to save so-and-so in the world. I'm asking you to reach out to so-and-so in the world. This is my prayer request. It's not just me. Help me. No, God, help me with dot, 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 dot. Make sense? I know this is very practical, but I'm telling you as we get into this new year and we talk about but first, I think it's, a it's time that the church, and I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about the church in general as a whole, the body of Christ and all the world. It's a time that we as a church, as, as far as the body of Christ, all believers, that we would begin to get to the place where prayer becomes important again. Prayer becomes important. Prayer is not on the back burner. Prayer is not like when I feel like it. Prayer is not, oh yeah, I just, I'm just going to do it. No, prayer is important to me. Why? Because it's the foundation of my relationship with him. It's speaking to him and him speaking to me. And it's got to be more than three minutes. If you're in a relationship, any sort of relationship in the room with someone, you know if you only spoke to that person three minutes a day, that person would you in the mouth. They'd be like, you better talk to me. You better listen to me. If you're just talking the whole time and you don't listen, that person's gonna, better shut up and listen. It's a relationship. And that's why I believe this. I believe this. As we start this year of prayer and fasting, oh my goodness, 
Let us be a church. There's a church filled with prayer. Fill with prayer. And what I mean by fill with prayer is we don't just come here on Sundays and we pray and we feel good about ourselves, but we're living a life of consistency in prayer. And how do we do this? This is one of the many methods. There are many methods out there. This is one of the many. Actually, change it up because I do see squirrels a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I change up my method so it doesn't become routine. This is one of the methods I use. I start with Thanksgiving. I then go to the cross and I ask Jesus to forgive me of things in my life, things that I know and I don't know. Then I go and I surrender. I begin to surrender surrender my will. I begin to surrender my agenda. I surrender the things that I want. God, it's about you, not about me. Then I get to the place where I invite the Holy Spirit into my life. And as I invite the Holy Spirit, I ask him for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and the things that I need. Then I begin to open the word as I read the word and study the word. I ask God to speak to me because I need to hear his voice because his voice is what sustains me. Then I go from that to worshiping God. I want to honor you with my life. I want to sing to you, not for something that I can get, but because of who you are. And then I get into the inner courts and the, the holy of holies and I say, Jesus, I need you to do this and this and this. And I'm interceding, I'm asking. So my prayer time is not just me writing off a list. There is a portion of that, but there's all these other things. Why? Because I want my relationship with him to continue to grow and be built. And how do we do this? We do this through being a people. Let's say, but first, I'm gonna be a prayer. I'm gonna be somebody that prays, but first I know I got this going on over here. I'm gonna get pulled over here relationally. You know, I got this business decision to make over here. I got all these things, but first, before I'm, before I'm a dad, I'm a prayer, a prayer. Before I'm a husband, I'm a prayer. I know that's not proper English. Before I'm a business anything, I'm a prayer. Before I, before any, but first, I wanna be known as someone who seeks the Lord. I don't wanna be known for somebody that's a good dad and doesn't seek God. I don't wanna be known for someone that's a good husband and seeks God. I don't wanna be known for someone that preaches good and doesn't seek God. I wanna but first be known as someone who seeks God. Because here's what I know, and we know this, we study this, we've read this so many times. If I seek him first, all those things are gonna be taken care of. I'm gonna be a good dad. I'm gonna be a good husband. I'm gonna have wisdom. I'm gonna have understanding. I'm gonna have the things that I need. All that's gonna be wrapped up and taken care of if first I seek him. Let us be a church of believers that are a people that are known of people of prayer. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?